Welcome to Cross Talk, where we talk all things Holy Cross. My name is Danielle Wiegand. I'm the president here at Holy Cross and a proud 1995 graduate. And we are here on episode five of Cross Talk. And today I am joined by our head football coach at Holy Cross, Coach Eric Dick. Eric, welcome on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad. I'm excited to be able to talk with you a little bit about you and the Holy Cross program. Uh, first of all, our episode today is brought to you by our friends at Element Heating and Air. Thanks, Element, for your support of Holy Cross High School. So as you know, Eric, you've seen the podcast. We like to start with a game, and it's always a kind of a nerve-wracking thing for the guests to know the game. But today we're going to be playing Name That Tune. So are you a music guy? I am. You are? I, I, well, I think until we do this and I don't know anything. <laughs> what's the what's the genre that is kind of your go-to for? I, you know, I really don't have one. I'm, I'm all over the place with my stuff, so I feel... Like I should be comfortable, but yeah, that's good. Know. That's good. If you told me you kind of only in one, yeah, no, I like thing. to I like to spread it out. I okay. like to spread it out. Okay, well, this is kind of spread out, so <laughs> hopefully, so I'm just gonna play a couple seconds. Um, our our audience, if they're watching, if they're watching at home, they're gonna see <laughs> what the song is. So just you know, now they're gonna look at you and be like, oh my gosh, how yeah. does he not know that? <laughs> so we're gonna I'm gonna play it. Um, I'm gonna just for a couple seconds. Okay. Okay. Here's our first one. Boys of Fall Tim McGraw. Good, good. So you're one you're one for one. Okay, good. let's go to the next one. Oh. Uh thriller, Michael <laughs> Jack. I was like, wait a minute. I, like, I know that that opening's <laughs> a little bit hard at first. Yeah. Okay, let's about this one. In sync, bye bye bye. <laughs> wow, no, that I, scares me that you no, got that so quickly. <laughs> I have daughters. Okay, I, do have, I know, my, but my, that's kind of an old one. And my wife likes it too. Okay, so. I could see that. I could see that. All right, let's try this one. Uh, boot scoot and boogie. <laughs> Good uh, job, Brooks and Dunn. Right, you're much better at this than I thought. Not that I had low expectations, <laughs> but you, you're doing better than yeah. I would have done. Okay, let's try this one. Uh, the twist is, is it Chubby Checker? Oh, you are so good! You uh, are so good. Hey, you my, are my my dad will be proud of you're that. You're changing one. all the stereotypes <laughs> of football coaches right now. Yeah, that'll be my dad will be proud of that one. <laughs> okay, let's try this one. Oh, Queen! Another one bites the dust. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> and this one. I don't know the name of it. I don't know. Let me play a little bit more and see. I know it's something with the apocalypse, but I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that one. Yeah. That's radioactive. Yeah. Okay. Imagine dragons. Imagine yeah. dragons. There we go. Okay. And I think this is our last one. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh. This, the Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas. <laughs> well, in our first little segment with you, I, I think part of what we like to do on the podcast is get to know people in the Holy Cross community. And so I'm going to just ask you some questions about, you know, get the, you know, get our community to know you a little bit better. Obviously, gotcha. a lot of them seeing you on the sideline, but really who is Coach Eric Dick? And the first is just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, um, 
you know, where you came from, you know, where you work. Um, we know that being a head football coach, unfortunately, is not a full-time job, even yeah. though it feels like that. But what, what's your real job? Um, your family, um, just a little bit to get to know you. So I uh, grew up over off Papa Level Road. I uh, went to St. Agnes and St. Rayfield for grade school. Um, I did attend another high school over in that area. Um, <laughs> but um, born and raised in Louisville. Um and then went to uh, L for my uh, college. I got my undergrad in physical education and health. Um, while I was at L, I was a GA for football, uh, working uh, with the defensive line throughout my time there. Um, and then it was uh, shortly after that I started subbing uh, for JCPS, um, just doing random schools, usually schools that I was coaching at at the time. Mm-hmm. Um Found a love of working with special needs students, uh, especially with uh, the severely, uh, um, they're called FMD, functionally mentally disabled students. And so fell in love with that immediately, um, working with that. And so I ended up uh, becoming an instructional assistant in those class, just aiding and doing stuff of that nature um, in those classes. Uh, went to go get my master's degree in special education from Spalding. Um Got that, and then I ended up uh, started teaching. Teaching is what I do now. Um, I'm a. I started off as a teacher at Southern High School uh, with a um, with SLD, uh, specific learning disability. So I got kids that cover the entire gamut from emotional behaviors to specific learning disabilities. So you know, it covers kind of a wide range, except for the one I felt like I was the most passionate about, and I just have not been able to go back and finish out my degree with that. But, um, you know, right now I currently work with, um, high at risk students, uh, students that are getting up in age as, um, you know, so graduation is a thing that we're trying to really push upon them and making sure that they're able to finish through at more high school. And so, um, you know, I'm doing a credit recovery class right now with them, just trying to get them through the process. Some of them is just, the majority of those challenges is one, getting them to school Two, once they're there, let's really try and push through so we can get you, you know, the end with the end game being the diploma for them. So um, as far as my teaching, you know, that, that has been my teaching background. Um, I'm married. I have three little girls right now, 11, eight, and five. Um, One goes to my oldest goes to JCTMS my two younger uh, daughters, they go to Schaffner right down the street. So they are by far some of the biggest cheerleaders here. They love uh, being here at Holy Cross. And then my wife is a teacher as well. Mm -hmm. So, and she is, she's the backbone, (laughs) she's the backbone of the program because, you know, with coaching, especially football, you know, for people that know, I mean, it is pretty much a year round job. And so I also dabble in announcing here at the school as well. So, um, you know, I do a lot of things around here, but the biggest thing that my wife has said that, you know, she enjoys being around this place. My, my daughters love being around here. And so my, my oldest made the point, uh, the point the other day to us that, you know, she has two younger sisters and then she usually gets 40 half brothers throughout the year. So, <laughs> so she, uh, she's just as much invested and it's been awesome to, see how much that they love this place and they love Mr. Fouché. They think, you know, from races on the mower to just, (laughs) I mean, you know, they love anything and everything. So 
you know, it has been an awesome transition being here. So, yeah, you're definitely outnumbered at home. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, even my pets are females. So yeah, I, I am. That's that's funny. I am by far outnumbered. You probably get a lot of education about, you know, you just learning a lot about what, you know, girls do. And mm. yeah, probably more than you want to know. I uh, I'm hoping to make my office in a semi-apartment here so I can get away from some of that. So, Well, it's only going to get more challenging as they get into the middle school years and high school years. So oh, yeah, I, you yeah, m- no. might enjoy it now. Well, talk, you know, talking football and kind of, um, you know, your love for football, just, you know, what's your, who, who's your go-to NFL team? Your, well, you know, your, you're wearing the, I'm this wearing wasn't even right playing, now. but no, you got no, the 49ers not, on. Uh, yeah. I, I have growing up, especially in the eighties, uh, the 49ers were, the team uh, to watch at that time, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Ronnie Lyde. And I just fell in love with that team. And it's, it's just, it's weird because especially with within the area, you don't see a lot of uh, fans of the 49ers just because of being out on the West Coast. But, um, you know, it's awesome to see guys around. But it's just been a f- team that I fell in love with and, the, you know, a team that I – through all the ups and downs, like I'm definitely not a bandwagon guy because they're good right now. I've, you know, <laughs> I've been with them from the beginning. And so it's just been really, you know, really cool to see the evolution of them coming back around again and actually, you know, being important back in the league. Yeah, so. that's exciting, especially when you're a diehard and you see them through the challenging oh, yes. years and when it's it's so redeeming. And then everybody <laughs> wants to call you a bandwagon. Yes, oh, 100%. So what's, you know, when you when you think about um, kind of moving into your role as coach, and, you know, your passion, I, I have tremendous respect for especially what you do as your real job, you know, and it takes a very special type of patience and uh, heart to work with children who have a lot of challenges. And so obviously somebody has instilled that in you. Mm-hmm. Um, so who would you say has been kind of your biggest influence as a man, as a coach, as a father, maybe there's a couple people that come to mind for you. But where do you, where does that come from for you? You know, for me, it, it would definitely come from a couple people. My uh, my parents have been tremendous role models for me. My dad, um, right out of the gate, um, it, you know, anybody knows my story, and you know, seen his pictures. Um, you know, my dad is you know falling on some rough times health wise uh, within the past. I would say five to six years. He's a He's a double transplant recipient. He also suffers from Parkinson's. And so um, health for him has always been a major concern. And, you know, last year being able to share the regional championship, he hasn't seen me coach as a head coach since um, my first stint when I was over at Moore. And so um, to see everything kind of come full circle and be able to share a moment like that with him, especially when there was times within the past year that we weren't sure whether or not he was going to be there altogether. And so – if there's anything he has taught me, it's the fight is never over. Uh, you always have a little more to go. And so he has been just an absolute fighter through everything. I mean, he's been through double transplant. He's had um, a brain tumor removed. I mean, he is he has literally been through the ringer. Um, and my mom, you know, when I talk about backbone, so my mom, you know, she has been it for us. And so, you know, seeing everything that she goes through on a daily basis and how much she does and she is you know when we talk about selfless you know she literally puts everything everything else on the back burner when it comes to you know our family and you know what needs to be done so you know definitely on that end it's definitely got to be my parents the coaching end um you know coach Bronger has been a massive influence for me you know guys that you know especially Bishop David and even Holy Cross guys can 
you know, know about him. And, but, you know, he is, you know, beyond a friend, beyond, you know, somebody that, you know, mentor for me, he's been father figure for me as well. I mean, he's, you know, he's everything wrapped up in one. And so, you know, meeting him, I guess it was about 20 something years ago. Um, he was an assistant. I was an assistant. And then, you know, him taking over at Fern Creek when we first met, um, you know, just kind of, you know, he was always the one that would teach me the ropes and showed me things and he knew what my ultimate goal was. And so with me, you know, kind of, you know, telling him that and him knowing that for me, uh, it was, you know, he took that extra time and, you know, he's just been somebody that is, you know, been a lifelong friend for me and, you know, continues this day to, you know, he always, Saturdays, it's a guarantee. I'm going to get a call at one point and we'll talk about the good and the bad and the ugly. So, um, you know, when it comes to those aspects, you know, definitely my parents, him, you know, I could, the list could go on and on for me as far as influences, you know, with coaching. I mean, Lacunta Farmer, Jonathan Miller, you know, Steve Cerati that's on staff, you know, we talk about, you know, talk about a man that, you know, has built stuff and, you know, being fortunate enough to be able to learn from him and actually, you know, do it side by side. It, you know, it's been, you know, the list could go on and it's just been an unreal experience for me. But, you know, when we talk about that, my, my parents definitely at the forefront of everything and then definitely coach Bronger for sure. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's, it's awesome to kind of that, um, legacy that circled back around, you know, that coach Bronger was here for so long and then passed that to you. And then you, you've come here to kind of take it full circle. It, it was, it was funny because me coming to Holy Cross originally started with, me following him for his 100th career victory. Mm -hmm. And I had no intentions of coaching at that time. I had been out for two years. I'd just been kind of – I had helped a few different places, but nothing serious. And so I had kind of stepped away. And, you know, we started following him. And, you know, the night that they were – the night he was playing Valley for win number 100, he asked what I was doing. I was like, you know, I'm setting up the rug for my kids. And, you know, I was like, we're going to watch you – try and get 100 tonight and he was like well, why don't you come out here and do it and I was like no I'm good <laughs> and so he lifted up the rope he's like I need you out here and I was like all right <laughs> so that went from one game to helping out on Friday nights and kids on that team they will tell you he he put me in an awkward situation he said hey go get them ready it was Clinton County I'll never forget it go get them ready I was like these kids really don't I said I've never introduced myself they literally see me as a guy that's here on Friday nights, <laughs> and that's it. He's like, you'll be all right. Hmm. So just by doing that, and the kids will be like, I remember you. You were the guy that I, I gave a speech, and I ended up throwing a chair in there, and they got, <laughs> they, they got, they went through the roof on that. And so it started off with that, and then um, the following year, he asked if I would come on full time, and I was getting ready to have my third daughter. And I was like, Bob, I don't know if Tommy's going to be good on this one. He's like, well, just – you know, figure out a time and let's ask her and let's, you know. So I guess it was literally a couple of hours after my daughter was born. I was like, hey, I got something. <laughs> That's probably not good timing. <laughs> I got something I was wanting to ask you. But she also knew, too, from experiencing what I experienced, coaching through multiple spots in, in public schools, the, the difference that Holy Cross was as far as – um all of the outside things that I would have to deal with and, you know, just being able to concentrate more on the coaching aspect. Mm -hmm. And so um, she was very understanding and I think she was ready for a change and she knew that I really wasn't done yet. And so it was, 
it was awesome to see that, you know, taking a chance like that and then, you know, where we are today with me being the head coach, um, I couldn't have asked for a better experience. So yeah. well, I'm glad she she didn't <laughs> that definitely, that definitely <laughs> smack you. I'm like, are you, we talking about this right now? Well, you, you're kind of helping me segue into kind of talking more specifically about Holy Cross. And, you know, you've just finished your fourth season, which is for me, and I think for a lot of people, when you see an entire group go through those four years, it's almost like now this is your program. So when you think about these, you know, kind of finishing your fourth season, you know, what, what do you, are some of your favorite things about the Holy Cross community, um, and uh, that you've been to a lot of places that you can kind of say right. are different. Um, it means something here. Um, the the amount of alumni that comes back, not even just the Holy Cross. I, I think being a part of a community that has multiple segues coming in, Angela Marisi, Bishop David, and then you have your Holy Cross alum, and they're all invested. Um, being able to see and be a part of that and have people – you know, I was telling the Bishop David alums when I went to their meeting, it's funny I go out and I got a holy, I got a uh, Bishop David shirt on. How many people, like, I, there's not one time that I haven't worn it out that somebody's like, you look awfully young to be a Bishop David. <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I'm the head coach at Holy Cross. And they're like, you all still, I was like, 100%. We know, I, we make sure we honor the past to take care of our future because if you don't honor the guys that laid the foundation for everything that we have today, we wouldn't be here because of them. So, you know, it's just making sure that those guys feel like they are taken care of. And, you know, even Angela Marisi and the Holy Cross grads as well, they're the reason why we're here today. So, you know, being able to do that, and I think it it's the fact that, you know, we've gone three hours away and we have a crowd that, you know, mimics what we would have at a home game. I mean, And that's the thing, it, it matters. And, you know, I've been places where, you know, we played in front of, a hundred people, maybe mm-hmm. 50, maybe. And, you know, you come here and you got people tailgating and it's, it, it's a happening here. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, that's the thing that I tell all these kids that come in, like I get where the draws of the bigger schools come in, but have you experienced a game here on Friday night? Have you been here on Friday night? Have you seen what it's like? Have you seen these people that come back and, you know, the support that you get and, you know, it's, it, it it is a it is unreal like when they talk about community like this is a community this is a you know it, it's it makes everything for me it, all the work and everything that you do it makes everything worthwhile on a Friday night when you step out and you see all of these people here and they're here to watch and it's you know and they may be class of 84 88 you know and they're it, they're all over the place and so it has been it's it's awesome to see as a coach because as a coach you you want to go somewhere where it means something and it's hard sometimes to build to that point where people actually care and here they're already invested they want to see a good product though and so you know that's where we you know we come in and we try and put the best product out on the field on a Friday you know every Friday night yeah talk about um you know this we you and I talked a little bit about this question and how difficult this question is because you could probably think of a lot but you know you've been here for four years and um you know lots of guys that have come through the program and and graduated um is there a a, a player um that you think when you think about what who embodies you know the holy cross football spirit um is there a player that kind of comes to your mind and why why that player you know we we talked about this the other day how i was talking about how special this class was because as a head coach 
this is the first class that I've been able to see all the way through. And so those guys I built, you know, because I was, you know, out with Coach Bronger and we would see them on, you know, Sundays. So I'd seen the majority of these kids since probably sixth grade. And so to see this class, you know, and I'll be honest, like we have our senior dinner and it was an emotional time for me because I was like, my time with these guys is quickly coming to an end. And I mean, to think about one guy, I mean, it is so tough because I think about my entirety and like, you know, right now I have Nick Mommen, former player, he's on staff. Mm-hmm. J.R. Perry, former player, he's on staff. You know, I, you know, we got those guys. And then, you know, I go out in the community and I, you know, I run into a Barrett Emberton, a Jaron McDonald. You know, I, it is so tough you know, to nail one guy down, but two guys that come to mind you know, outside of these seniors that I had come through, uh, Tyler Ballard for sure, um, was a guy that I'd been around. He had been around the program with me ever since the beginning. Um, now is at Campbellsville and, you know, being able to play as a freshman, he definitely embodies it because when we talk about a blue collar worker, I mean, that guy, I, when you don't have to press a guy to get in the weight room, like, he was there religiously and he saw, you know, coach Bronger said right before he left, because he coached him as a freshman. He was like, I promise you that one's going to be special. He's like, just because of how he works, he's going to figure out a way to get himself. And sure enough, I think starting his sophomore year, I think he never came off the field, you know, after that. And then Gavin Fouché would be one that definitely comes to mind. Um, You've seen all the things that he's accomplished outside of, High school, I mean, he was just, you know, a special player there, um, you know, playing at Lindsey Wilson, being a part of that national championship team, and then going to Bellarmine and finishing out. You know, Chaz Garrity, I mean, good Lord. The yeah. list goes on and on. Yeah. Like, you know, we sit here and talk about it, and, you know, but that for me is part of the reason why I love coaching is mm-hmm. not only do those guys, not only special here, but then they come back, and, you know, it's it's awesome to, you know, and they we it's like we don't ever miss a beat, and it's, it's an awesome experience to be able to see those guys. They recognize you. Not only that, we actually have some type of relationship still to this day. And it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's really cool to be a part of. So look, that's kind of a look back, but let's talk about moving forward. You know, when you think about the future of Holy Cross football, um, you know, what, what comes to mind and as you think about, you know, we just finished, it hasn't been that long and, yeah. you know, but as you look ahead to next season, what are the, the things that are really coming to, to mind for you on the outlook? You know, when I look at, we had a great, uh, line up front. It took us a while to really start to really gel together. Um, Dylan Jacobs being our guy that was, you know, I would say like the captain up front for us and, you know, to have a Dylan Jacobs, uh, you know, Cooper Render, thank God he'll be back for us next year. Um, Tyler Horning, uh, Caleb Phillips, Jacob Brown. I mean, those guys did so much for us up front. And, you know, we're going to graduate four out of those five guys up front. So a lot of room for new guys to come in. And, you know, for us, it's going to be about having a really solid offseason for us um, up front, especially because we got to get guys – bigger, faster, and stronger so we can compete. I think, you know, Campbellsville showed us a lot of weaknesses and our, a lot of our weaknesses were coming into the weight room. And so, um, and we talked about that at great length with those guys about how we kind of took a step back somewhat in our weight room. And so we really need this offseason to be a really good one for us. So 
weight room is going to be huge for us. But then, you know, we got a lot of exciting things coming back. You know, we had a lot of freshmen that stepped up, Colton King, Jarek Hoover, Azure Clark. Um, you know, we got we had guys that are Chris Rumbaugh. I mean, we got guys, you know, that really provided a spark, you know, as freshmen. And so guys that we're going to lean upon, you know, moving forward, Jamari Pennebaker, Jamie Jones, Owen Hutchinson, Cordell Skillman. I mean, we got so many guys that – I'm excited to see the growth from year, you know, from where they've been. Because a lot of those guys, I'm going to be honest, as a freshman and a sophomore, you get beat up a lot because you're a lot of you. You end up being the scout team guy, and so now, you know, moving in, sometimes you know it's finally about that time to where the maturity aspect you hope is coming into play, and you know those guys grow up and we take a step in the right direction. So I mean, there's just so many guys that we're looking to the future. Lashawn Lamar, I mean, the list could go on and on that we are looking for guys to step up and fill those roles. Who you, that are gonna be yeah, who do you see emerging really as kind of your your leader for next year leaders? Yeah, you know, Aiden DeWeese, I would, you know, Aiden DeWeese is going to be huge uh, for us next year. He was a guy that, you know, helped anchor our defense a lot. Um, Cooper Render is going to be one that he, he works out so hard in the weight room. And I think he actually is one that saw the fruits of his labor really come through this year because um, – he had some, you know, as a sophomore, he, he played, but, you know, I think he was kind of looking. He had a he had a good year, but I think he really saw how great his year was this year with, you know, a really good offseason. So um, Jackson Ruscio is another one. Um, you know, and some of the, you know, when we look at some of these younger guys, like a Jamari Pennebaker, he played fantastic, um, you know, ended up rushing for close to 1,300 yards. And so, you know, those guys, you know, accompanied with, you know, some of these freshmen, Colton King and Jerry Cooper, like what I talked about, Chris Rumba. I mean, there's a great mix there, and there's a lot of guys that are very hungry to get to that next level. And so we know what we need to do. And, you know, our schedule was tough. Like mm-hmm. we talked about that, you know, and I didn't really realize it, but midway through the season, our losses, it came to teams with a combined record of like 45-2. and two. And so, you know, I, I scheduled to a point to where I – I didn't want to wait till the end of the year to see what our weaknesses were. I wanted teams that would be able to give us a legit shot and really kind of make us look at ourselves and figure out what we needed to fix. So when we get to the playoffs, we have a good idea and we're mm-hmm. clicking on all cylinders by that point. Yeah, and that, that kind of is a good segue into our mail call question. So each week on Crosstalk, as you know, uh, we tell people ahead of time who the next guest is and so people can send some questions. And so this week, your question for, for you, Coach, is um, – what are the unique challenges and opportunities for a single A football team that's in Louisville, where most teams are five and six A teams? And so, what's the the unique challenges, but also the opportunities that you see kind of in that interesting mix as a single A team? So immediately, when we play some of these teams, they'll see us walk out, and we, you know. We average anywhere between 35 to 40, maybe 41, 42 kids. And so we'll walk out to warm up, and they're like, is this it? (laughs) And I'm like, you have no idea what's getting ready to come. Like, you have – and so um, Butler, for instance. Mm -hmm. You know, Butler had a team of about, I don't know, maybe 50 or 60. And so we came out to warm up, and I heard one of their players was like, gosh – this is it. We're going to be a okay. And I was like, all right, buddy. Like, so, you know, it's just one of those things. 
our unique challenge is also our greatest asset is the fact that, you know, and I tell all these kids, you know, where some of these bigger schools, you're going in there and you're going to have to wait your time to play. You know, as a freshman, you may just play freshman. As a sophomore, you may play just JV. And so you're relying on two years worth to get yourself a name and get yourself out there and get yourself recruited. And heaven forbid if something happens and you get hurt, we're at our place, you know, like I told you, we had three kids that started as a freshman. Outside of those three kids that started as a freshman, we had other freshmen that were playing special teams. So where you may get two years of film here, you may get four years of film here, you know. So it, it is the opportunity of playing time at it early. And I'm not talking about I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to force you out there. But if you are physically ready and you understand the demands of – what this game is, you know, what it what it means and, you know, what you have to do. And so, you know, if, if you're able to do that, then, you know, for you to play four years and play in all three phases, you know, offense, defense, and special teams, it's not out of the realm whatsoever. And it's the opportunities to get those playing times under the lights. You know, and every one of these freshmen got to experience what it was like to play in a varsity game and to play in a varsity playoff game. And so – a lot of freshmen can't say that, and, you know, our freshmen were able to do that, and they were able to play extensive minutes in multiple games and in a varsity playoff game as well. So, you know, and our guys get a good look at what, you know, the this change in speed is moving from middle school, grade school, up into high school because our freshmen and sophomores, they will play our entire JV schedule, and so – you know, the speed of the game, they, they kind of get introduced early on, so they're able to grasp it a lot quicker, and so they're able to see what that's like. And, you know, where some of these freshmen, they'll play just a freshman schedule, and, and nothing against those teams. But to mimic what it's like on a varsity Friday night, you know, it it's tough, but being able to get those guys those reps in JV and, you know, for them to get those reps in varsity, I mean, it's vital. And I think for us it's it's the – it's our greatest task to try and get together, but it's also the greatest asset that we have because if you're able to do it, you're going to get four years' worth of playing experience where, you know, some places you're banking on maybe two to three, just depending. But, you know, that that's the thing that, you know, I tell, you know, tell all of our kids that we're trying to bring in here and, you know, about what makes Holy Cross, you know, a place for them to, you know, play. You get four years' worth of experience as opposed to, you know, maybe two sometimes a one mm -hmm. so. and playing with that underdog mentality, you know, that with the kind of a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, the something to prove, you know, that's Holy Cross I oh, mean, that's, and all the sports, you know, and, and being underestimated. And when you play that way, you know, it, it does, it, it lights a fire. That, oh well, yeah. yeah. I mean, we always talk about it. The courier for whatever reason and I, Jason Frakes is a good guy, but we never get any love, none. <laughs> and I mean, every, you know, I'm not the majority of the time we're going to get picked to lose and the kids know that. And like I tell them, it, I don't care what anybody on the outside thinks. It matters what myself, my staff, people that are in, you know, our community, that's right. the only thing that matters to me. Because on paper, we, we should lose. I mean, if oh, you look 100%. at everything on paper and that's, that's a great lesson for kids. I always feel like here, you know, that, that it's, it's not about, you know, what's on paper. It's about what happens on the field. It oh, happens yes. on the court and our kids kind of know that. Well, I, I, I appreciate that mentality toward, you know, it is a challenge, but it's also our greatest asset. Oh, I think 100%. that's a great message for the kids. So next week we're going to have just to kind of flip it a little bit next week, we're going to have father Bill Burks. 
our chaplain here at Holy Cross as our guest talking about why he loves Holy Cross, the Catholic identity piece of Holy Cross, and a little bit about how he works with our community. So if you have a question for Father Bill for next week's podcast, make sure that you post it to one of our social media feeds that can be on Instagram, Facebook, or on um, X. So send some questions for Father Bill. He'd be so excited to answer them. Well, each week on Crosstalk, we end with a personal item. We ask our guests to think about something that they have that they can talk a little bit about why that signifies the Holy Cross spirit for them. And then they're br- they bring it to the set and they leave it on the set. And you can see we've had previous guests that leave items here that represent them. So, Coach, would you bring for us? Well, I hate to be cliche, but I did bring a football. <laughs> uh, but I did, and my wife's going to. So I got this for Father's Day maybe two years ago, two or three years ago. And she was like, go put it up in your office. And I have not uh, put it up in my office yet. (laughs) And so this to me, um, you know, it's a picture of myself and then my three girls. And this for me is why I love it here so much because the smiles on their faces, you know, every Friday night, they, they love, you know, their biggest thing is they can't wait to pick their new player each year that they, you know, so it started off, started off actually, I started off with J.R. Perry was their favorite player. He used to call him the candy man. So they brought him candy literally every Friday night after a game. And then that moved to their brother, to his brother, Chris and Tyler Ballard. And, you know, this year it's been a host of guys from Mikey Wortham to Jamari Pennebaker to Logan McClellan. So they, they, you know, and then when we sold jerseys, they bought jerseys of each one of their, So the the Bishop David jerseys, I got a, I got quite the collection at home. But you know, for me, you know, it's finally it's finally being at a place that I can legitimately call home because not only do I love it, but my family loves it. And so, for me, you know, football, of course, is a sport that I love. Uh, my family, and then everything else that you know, it's a picture of me and my Holy Cross polo. So that's the reason why for me this was it had to be the gift for me. So. That's so awesome. That, so yeah, that is. Yeah, it's like it's all rolled into one. Oh yeah, you know, it's 100%. football. It's family. It's, um, they're smiling. Oh yeah. And you know, it's there's a lot of time. Oh, it's, there we go. There we go. A lot of time that you're spending away from them. And it is. So when you you know it it's got to be where you feel like, you know, that time that you're away from your family is um it's appreciated. There's value to it, but they're a part of it too. So oh, yeah. I hope I well, hope that you and I, that and, way and, I, and I told them and you know I you know if if I didn't feel like it meant something here, I, you know when I came back to coaching, I wanted to do it, but I wanted to mean something. So in here, it definitely you know on Friday nights if it's not a telltale that it means something, you know, and then you know the kids and you know how much these parents do. Like I I couldn't. It, it's crazy, you know I whether or not it means something here has never, ever been into question. And so for me, it, it makes the time, I'm not going to say it makes it easier, but it makes me feel better knowing that I'm doing, if I'm taking time away from my family, that it is going to something that means something to, you know, not only my, my kids in that locker room, but the community as well. So it, you know, it's awesome. 
Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks for bringing that. Yes. And we will, he, he asked, we, am I going to get this back eventually? <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll clear this no, up after good. a year yeah, and no, you, can, you can get all you're the things good. back. So, well, I really appreciate you being a guest. Here's yeah. each week on the, the podcast. I kind of have three takeaways based on our conversation. I learned a lot. I, things that I didn't know about you, which was really great. But the first is, the first thing I learned is that you actually know your music. I, I'm very proud of you. I, I'm, I will I'm say I'm very surprised. <laughs> I, I am proud of myself. I can't believe, though, I missed the most recent one with Imagine Dragons. But. I know. That was kind of, I knew that one might stump you. If yeah. you got that one, I would have been like, okay. <laughs> the second thing, my takeaway is was something that I already knew, just how important you're, you're a great family guy. Your kids are just precious, and they are the biggest cheerleaders for oh, Holy yeah. Cross. And your wife is a saint because she lets you spend a lot of time she does. here. She and does. so, family is the second thing. And then the third is, you know, I think you're a great example. You know, there's a lot of people that say, well, you know, everybody at Holy Cross, everybody went to Holy Cross, everybody grew up in that area. And, you know, and you're a great example of somebody who, you know, you've adopted Holy, we've adopted you, yeah. you've adopted us. Um, but, you know, a lot of times, it's funny because uh, it, somehow it'll come up and they'll say, you know, you know, Coach Dick went to Holy Cross. I'm like, no, he didn't. And the way that you present yourself and the way that you talk about this community, you do it in such a way that people just assume that you grew up here and that it's always been a part of it. So I love how you just kind of go out there with that spirit of I've always been here, but and yeah. we love that that you've adopted us and we've say, adopted I feel you. Like I, I feel like I've partially adopted. Well, I appreciate your advocacy for the community, and and um, I mean, we could talk for hours. We didn't even talk about the new stadium. We didn't even oh. talk about, you know, there's lots of things we could talk about oh, on yes. another episode. But I appreciate you being here. I appreciate being being part of the Holy Cross family. You do a lot for our guys and their families, and um, you know, I know that comes from a very sincere and genuine place. So thanks for that. I appreciate so, that. So that concludes episode five of the of the Cross Talk podcast. Um, if you want to follow us on other platforms, just a reminder that we are on Facebook. Instagram and X and that's at HC Crosstalk and then if you are a listener of podcasts and you don't want to watch our faces which is totally fine uh, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Player FM Samsung and Podchaser so if you are someone that likes to listen follow us there uh, as a reminder next week on crosstalk we'll have father bill burks holy cross chaplain and um, if you have a question for him post it so we can ask it and uh, that's it eric thanks for joining us today thank you for having me i yeah. appreciate it and we'll see you next time on crosstalk